I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The, the Grim Mystics. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> that should just be an <laughs> assumption by now. <laughs> you know that we have tried this three, four, or five times by the time that you're actually listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Like, there has been a... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We got to delete that. Let's start over at least once every podcast. I I thought you were about to tell me that we needed to stop the recording. And I was like, what? What's happening now? No. So we are just learning that um, for some reason, whenever we have video on, it glitches. So we just can't look at each other while we do this. It's basically just like a phone call. We're just basically on the phone chatting. Which is easy for us to do as well, because we still do that. <laughs> right. As in, it, it's really not huge, you know, a huge difference. Yes. <laughs> but in, in take one, Leslie, you had some beautiful banter that I'd like to just bring right back up again. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, we just need to take a poll of all, from our <laughs> listeners. So when we uploaded Allegedly, which was the last episode, Amber texted me on Wednesday morning and asked, you know, she's like, hey, the podcast isn't up. And I was like, well, yeah, it's Wednesday. So, you know, we had some conversations. Essentially, the question is, do we post episodes on Wednesday or Thursday? (laughs) We're asking you, the listeners. (laughs) We need to know which, you know, which do you prefer? (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we're going to pick the day and it's probably just going to stay that day. Did we decide Thursday is a lovely day for an episode? We did decide Thursday was a lovely day. And I think so, you know, the investigator in me, I went back (laughs) in our (laughs) podcast and I looked and in the beginning we were posting things on Thursday. Now, I'm not a very good investigator, so it's not like I checked every single podcast because that sounded like (laughs) a lot of work. But I did check the, the first couple that we posted and then the last couple that we posted. And somewhere we switched from posting them on Thursdays to posting them on Tuesday night. (laughs) (laughs) I just am curious what made us made the switch. I I just don't remember what event it was that caused us to change days. I don't probably It was probably like editing or bad audio. You you know, Mm -hmm. we've got, we've got a... We've got a laundry list of options. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So we're thinking Thursdays. (laughs) Let us know what you think. sound great. (laughs) Let us know your thoughts, your opinions. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so, and I mean, you can tell us your thoughts and opinions, but I think we're pretty solid on Thursdays, so. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you you know, I don't really care, but yeah, let's hear your opinions. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just giving ourselves that extra, extra day to. To try to get this out. <laughs> the procrastinators that, you know, we both are, which yes. are big ones. So. Yes. Which is why we balance each other so well, because I will never tell you to get something done in a timeline that I wouldn't do. <laughs> and my timeline is usually the day before. <laughs> yeah, I can't commit to a timeline. I just can't do that. So yeah, no, it's too much. <laughs> I We were, uh, Craig and I were driving around. We were doing some house stuff uh, yesterday and I like looked at him and I was like, I don't have any of my research done for the podcast and we're recording tomorrow morning. (laughs) And Craig was like, are you kidding me? Your whole goal was to be more (laughs) proactive with this. And I was like, well, doing great. (laughs) 
start starting on the right foot don't worry yeah. so you know so that i mean and then i get the you know not necessarily the punishment is too strong of a word but i get the repercussions because i was up until like 10 last night <laughs> doing oh, research no. <laughs> at least it was a saturday yeah well so you know there we go <laughs> that's what i get for holding off and not doing it earlier <laughs> Again, same, you know, new year, same us. Yeah, never going to change. <laughs> never. At least, you know, we're always true to ourselves. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, we uh, we have a brand and we stick to it. <laughs> Love that for us. <laughs> oh, I just got a, a note that says your internet connection is unstable. Well, Perfect. at least like our new system is not kicking us off and just like beating us up. <laughs> True. <laughs> do you want to pause this or do you want to keep rolling? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, Leslie. Well, we'll jump into the episode since, you know, our witty banter has reached an end. <laughs> <laughs> we talked for an hour before this, so we pretty much got <laughs> all of our stupid jokes yeah. out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, we're all talked out. <laughs> Sorry, you guys missed it. <laughs> Sorry, you weren't a part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but why don't you tell the good people where we're going today? Today on the maps, we are going to Sacramento, California. Yes, we are. Now, if you remember my clue, you got the reference right away, correct? Of course. Of course. Love a good Twilight reference. So, did you know that there is a vampire? There was a vampire in Sacramento. You know, I think I may knew, may have known that, but I know none of the details. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and tell you um, kind of how I stumbled upon this uh, case, but also I'm gonna start off at the top saying trigger warning. I know we say all the time all of our episodes have trigger warning, but this one's uh, rough. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. So you've been warned. Can I say real, real quick, my, my Tennille, our friend texted me a meme and it was like, after the week I've had, I need a relaxing serial killer documentary. So this is the therapy <laughs> that I needed. I need a crazy trigger <laughs> warning episode. So thank you. <laughs> well, this is it. <laughs> so excited. Uh <laughs> so how I stumbled upon this was actually like very random. My husband is super obsessed with this show called America's Mysteries. And mm. I think it's on the Travel Channel and mm. he watches it on demand. And I will ask him um, where he watches it because I don't remember. I just walk in and things are on. So sometimes the mysteries are just like, you know, where's the Holy Grail? like stuff like that and there's like this ad adventurer that travels around the world and do does interviews to see if he can find the holy grail Ooh. or just any relic or things like that and there was an episode and i will put the episode um season and number when i do the notes so okay. read the notes, read the notes. <laughs> <laughs> but i um, found there was a, a vampire episode that we kind of sat and watched. And it was very interesting because what had happened was in a, another country, they had found a body that had a rock placed on a person's chest. And it kind of opened this question of like, why? And they realized- like in the grave? Yeah. So, so there was a okay. skeleton with a rock on what would have been their chest. Mm. And 
so the que- the question was like was this like a, a ritual thing for like a religion that was like not really noticed or what what was happening and it turns out that in a lot of countries you can find very very old skeleton remains and they will have stakes through the heart or rocks on the chest and people legitimately feared vampires so they like did it so they stayed in the coffins so they couldn't get out exactly yeah so that's exactly i love that you figured out the episode (laughs) (laughs) and remember i am a fucking creep so (laughs) (laughs) so that was kind of what this all was based on is just like the the story of vampires and how it kind of went mainstream and it's kind of like the salem witch trials for like Romania and other countries over in that area uh, because they were so actively, they actively believed that people were vampires. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. But the difference is they did not actively go kill people um, 100% oh. of the time like Salem. They would <laughs> wait for people to die and then just do the precautions after their death. <laughs> well, I mean, that's smart because, you, you know, a, a regular person versus a vampire I'm pretty sure the regular person won't be the winner. Just a, just a thought. Yes, they were smart. <laughs> yeah, so it is smarter to take care of, you know, deal with, deal with it after they're already dead. That's a smart choice. Exactly. So this kind of started a thing where, you know, because in the episode, it also brought up how people actively, you know, right now believe that they're vampires. The main difference between the stories we've heard and things like that is that it is all consensual. So there is a person who believes they're a vampire and there is a person in their life who allows them to drink their blood. Oh my God. Which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I was just about to say, do do people actually still believe in vampires? Well, but then I was like, but I mean, I believe in ghosts. So some people might think that I'm fucking crazy for believing in ghosts. So maybe I shouldn't judge people who believe in vampires. Man, look at that personal growth you had in like 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Love this. (laughs) You're exactly right, though. Um, So a lot of people believe there there's like two classifications. There are the people that believe they're vampires. And there are people who believe there are vampires and allow people who say they're vampires to drink their blood. Now, I said consensual. Every, you know, For most of these groups, there are always the bad mm-hmm. seeds. But for most of these groups, the vampire and the person consent to this. And they also actively do blood tests and stuff to make sure that oh, they're safe. Oh, good for them. Hey, you know, we're not kink shamers here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no no and vampire in the 21st century like you got to get your blood tests <laughs> there you go yeah we you know no spreading infectious diseases nothing like that nope yep so that's kind of where i was like watching this and i was like oh this is kind of interesting and then they kind of did a little blip in the episode about how there were people who did not go the consensual route and i started wondering like huh i wonder if there are any stories of vampires and you know i focused on the u.s that were not very nice with their requests and i i found someone who's a big piece of crap that we get to talk about today (laughs) i'm not gonna lie and i don't know what kind of person this makes me but i really am genuinely excited for this (laughs) (laughs) it makes you a person who needs to relax after a long day with a true crime there you know, we go. Pod or or documentary. Okay, all right, we'll take that. 
So I watched, it's a show, but it's actually on YouTube, which was super awesome. And it was the entire episode. So I don't think I have to be sneaky and like find back um, route videos anymore because YouTube's just starting to let people watch stuff. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. So it's called World's Most Evil Killers. Mm. And we will be focusing on season four, episode eight, titled Richard Trenton Chase. All right. Well, as I, at first, I was thinking of Richard Ramirez when you said the Sacramento vampire, because mm. didn't he say that he was a vampire, too? I actually don't know enough about that case. Mm, okay. <laughs> like, I think he's so mainstream that I just don't want to look yeah. into it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I completely agree. That's but, why we I'll, I'll never talk about him on here. But other than what I just did. but So someone Google, let us know what Richard Ramirez thought and then leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, or both, if you're bored. <laughs> yes. Our Richard uh, was born on May 23rd, 1950, which is unfortunate, because May 23rd is my husband's birthday. <laughs> Ooh, awkward. Yeah. Uh, he was born in Santa Clara, California. And when, you know, interviewed about it, police said he grew up in a pretty normal family for the time. He had one younger sister. Um, He had a strict dad who had ideals about what masculinity was, and he definitely put those on Richard, but that wasn't uncommon in this time. Gross. Yeah. So, you know, that's unfortunate. But also, like, a lot of people in the 50s probably had these ideals thrust upon them, and they didn't end up doing the things that Richard will eventually do. (laughs) Right. You know, background stories, that's not an excuse. It's just a reason. Exactly. Um, And then he had a normal childhood. He was in Boy Scouts. He was in Little League, like looking at him all around. Normal kid. Huh. Okay. So there was one thing eventually, because there's always one thing eventually that (laughs) says not normal (laughs) in these cases. And that was when he was 10 years old. Uh, Richard's mother noticed a dead cat in her garden. So she must have been digging into it. And there was a dead cat buried in her garden. Oh, my gosh. And it was not like a natural death. Like this cat was cut up and kind of dissected. Yes. Like I said, trigger warning in the beginning. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So mom doesn't do anything about this, even though there are a lot of neighborhood cats that are going missing in this time. Amber can't see me, but I just rolled my eyes because of course she didn't do anything (laughs) about it. No, I know now. So for me personally, if I found that animals were going missing in the neighborhood, I would assume that there was a serial killer on the loose. And I know that's more actively known now than in the 50s. But still, (laughs) I'd ask some questions. But still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just a few. Yeah. So this happened. It was talked about and then kind of dropped. So it's like this weird thing that they notice. And it's just never talked about. His parents were having a hard time with their marriage uh, around his high school age. So they actually sent Richard and his sister to live with a family member while they worked out their, uh, they were separated for a little bit and they were trying to work it out. His parents ended up staying together and they decided to move from Santa Clara to Sacramento. So he started high school in a new town in Sacramento. Which is a bad that's how all those these stories start. You've got the new kid and mm-hmm. he becomes a creep. Yeah. Well, and so interestingly enough, it was no issue for him making friends and getting girls in oh, high school. Well, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was, a, you know, the I always love in these documentaries, they're like, he was a tr- an attractive guy. If you look up pictures of him, I don't think he's attractive. 
but it was also the 50s and things were different <laughs> okay i'm gonna google him because now i need to yeah. know <laughs> i i but i also think that I, my brain actively stops looking for attraction <laughs> when That's true we are I know talking someone's about story him. yeah so but i don't think he's like the cutest person on the planet mm, yeah no don't don't love it he's definitely not gonna be an avenger or anything when he gets reincarnated <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen <laughs> But there was one thing that made Richard a little weird. So he was super good at dating, getting girls, all the fun stuff. And he would date girls for a while and then they'd break up and he'd start dating someone else. And that would normally be looked at as like just a teenage boy. However, Mm -hmm. there are certain points in a relationship where people get to where they start to get intimate and um, Richard realized he was impotent. Why is that a, that's a thing too. It's like the Golden State Killer, like they all said he had a really small penis and mm-hmm. had difficulty having sex. That's the same like era of this person, like the Golden mm. State State Killer and this guy being born. So this also might be linked with the toxic masculinity that has been yes. passed from generation to generation. Yes, Amber. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hate on men this episode. Not all men, but this man. <laughs> this man specifically. <laughs> this just this one. Yeah. So police do believe that, like, you know, having the strict father and having those set like regulations that you're supposed to meet as a man, with air quotes around that, mm. definitely, you know, could have affected him psychologically when he can't do probably what he assumes every man should do. Right. No, yep, you're right. So this caused the impotence caused some body insecurity as it would. I mean, I I don't think that's strange by any means. No. And Richard turned to drugs to kind of counteract his insecurity feelings. And with this change, you know, his his body is failing him in a way that he thinks it shouldn't. He starts to panic and think that his organs are failing him completely. Oh my gosh. That, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Okay. Well, with drugs and, True. you know, he's a teenager who's not talking to professionals. <laughs> well, and I can't imagine the drugs would help this issue. Would I would assume that they would probably no. make it worse. Yes. And then if one part of your body isn't working, who's to say multiple parts of your body aren't working? Okay. I, I mean, I guess that's fair enough logic. All right. If you're, you know, on drugs and in his brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what... Richard started doing is going to doctors and telling them his his diagnosis. This is what I have. And they did work, you know, multiple doctors did multiple workups on him and he was completely normal. Mm. Nothing was failing his body. This this problem was looked more at like as a psychological issue than anything else. Like there was nothing wrong, but he didn't believe what all the doctors told him and he was convinced that his body was failing him. Okay. So when Richard was 23 years old, he did get uh, diagnosed by a neurologist as a paranoid schizophrenic. See, I agree with that diagnosis. That's I would I would second that. (laughs) (laughs) And the notes of the doctor said that he had psych uh, psychiatric disturbances of major proportions. So see these words, major things like they've stuck out mm-hmm. in other cases too. It's a doctor saying like we got big problems here. Right. Okay. <laughs> when a doctor says you have major issues, that's like god, okay. <laughs> so for Richard, he gets a diagnosis, but again, he's on drugs, he's 
got schizophrenia. Like he is not listening to what he's right because he's unwell. Yes, I mean. he's unwell. Yeah, he's not medicated mm-hmm. for any of this. He's just being told what he has. So Richard, in his brain, becomes obsessed with drinking blood for his weak heart. He's now convinced his heart is weak and he needs more blood. Okay. <laughs> he starts out in this journey, we'll call it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. He lived by a rabbit farm and he would kill the rabbits <gasps> and drink their blood. Oh my, Okay. I'm assuming, did he like, sorry, did he like a lot of um, like medieval like folklore? They say that they used to do that like years ago was like bathe in blood because it would make their skin, Mm -hmm. you know, young and youthful. So that was not something I found, but it Mm. definitely could be something. I mean, Mm. you don't just wake up one day and say like, I mean, I guess he could have just woken up one day and said, like, I need to drink blood. But I'm sure there's, like, knowledge behind it that right. he, you know, because he's growing up in the, the 60s and the 70s. Like, it's not the Stone Age. So he probably <laughs> researched things. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. He ended up going to the, blood, the hospital because he had a blood infection <gasps> from the Gross. rabbit's blood. Yes. Because okay. it's not the 21st century. He's not getting blood tests on anything that he's drinking blood from. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he gets released from the hospital. There wasn't like a lot on this. It was pretty much like he told the doctors like, yeah, I'm drinking blood. And they were just like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, professional opinion is that's probably not a good choice. Yeah, that's probably why you got the blood infection. <laughs> I've had blood infections, not because I drank rabbit's blood, but like <laughs> yeah, they- Yeah, make that very clear. <laughs> yeah, no, it was nothing like that, but they really are- painful they really hurt i mean yeah i could imagine because it's like part of the essence that's keeping you alive is infected Mm -hmm. it's not fun i'm sure you know yeah no not at all so okay all right so they said just how about how about new okay yeah (laughs) pretty much but luckily someone was doing their job and they said stop doing that and then at this time richard was 25 years old and he was moved to sacramento's beverly manor psych hospital and it, he was detained there by the state. So it's kind of like the hospital told him to stop and then police picked him up eventually. And we're like, all right, the state thinks that you need some professional help. I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the patients there got a weird vibe from Richard and they actually called him Dracula. <gasps> Ooh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. So he, when he was at the mental hospital, he did not stop his practice of drinking blood because his heart is weak and that is more important to him than anything else. <laughs> so he t- was twisting heads off of birds that he caught <gasps> and drinking their blood from their bodies. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> well, and good nickname, right? <laughs> Yes, yes, that is a very good nickname. (laughs) So eventually, over time, and talking to the psychiatrist at this facility, um, he finds a medication regimen that is recommended, and it's a it's a tranquil a tranquilizer, pretty much, because again, it's the seventies, and medications are a little bit more intense than they are now. Mm -hmm. Not very safe. Yeah, and so 
his behavior starts to improve once he gets on these tranquilizers and he's released after five months of being at this hospital. Five months of extensive treatment. That's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and also though, like he was still, I know the tranquilizers were helping, but he's still like twisting heads off birds. <laughs> so I was going to say he pro- they probably were like, your behavior is so much better. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's fucking tranquilized. Yeah. Like, he's probably a zombie. Yes. Pretty much, yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he is released, and five months, like you said, is a lot of care, but also... Not enough, obviously. I was going to say, <laughs> we're still talking about him, so... <laughs> yeah, he didn't get better, unfortunately, guys. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Once out of the hospital, he went back to living with his parents, um, and it didn't really talk much about his dad in this time, so his family kind of gets stopped getting talked about. Um, He did one thing that got him kicked out. Once he was out, he killed his mom's cat and showed it to her. Oh, my God. So she's in the house and he's out in the yard and he gets her attention by like waving at her and then holds up her dead cat so she can see it from the window. (gasps) Okay. And he smeared the cat's (gasps) blood on his face. Oh, my God. How traumatic for his mom. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Really, really uncomfortable. Right? Yes. (laughs) So she kicked him out, which I believe is... I mean, it's very justified. Totally understandable. Yes, the trauma of seeing her cat caused her to kick Richard out. <laughs> well, it's, and it, it is unfortunate, but it's also kind of tricky because, in my opinion, it is our responsibilities as humans to take our medications. You know, I know his parents keeping them in his house maybe that was the safest choice for everybody but is it fair that they have to deal you know what i mean with him not taking his medications it's not their responsibility it i mean a little bit but i don't think they should be punished because he's not doing what he should be doing you know we don't get a lot about his parents or his sisters mom you know anything so I- I can only imagine what's going through her head when she sees her cat murdered by her son and she's known in his inner, you know, in the back of her head that he was killing neighborhood animals anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I absolutely. It's just unfortunate. Richard then decided to drive to its uh, place in Nevada called Pyramid Lake, which I'm assuming California and Las Vegas or uh, not Las Vegas, Nevada, they're very close. So I'm assuming it was only a couple of hours um, to get from one place to the other. And he decided that he needed two rifles for this drive. And on his drive, he found a cow and killed it. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. He consumed the cow's blood. The whole thing? Uh, I mean, I think some of it. I I feel like that's a lot of fucking blood. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that there's like, I I don't think one person could like drink all of a cow's blood. That would be a lot. And I feel like, I mean, I don't like the taste of blood. So for me, it would gross me out. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to. And, you know, start this experiment. So I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, we've already learned there are blood infections in your future. Yeah. So don't do not do it. So uh, don't do it. Yeah. So he drank some of the cow's blood and then took all of his clothes off and decided to hide in the desert. Oh, why? Why did being naked? Why was that a requirement? <laughs> I mean, maybe he was hot. It was the desert. <laughs> Or he's probably fucking hallucinating because he's schizophrenic and just drank blood and 
is probably tripping on some shit. Well, and my guess is, you know, if you go from taking a, a tranquilizer to kind of get you situated and then you stop taking it, I'm sure it was pretty abruptly. Oh, my gosh. There definitely probably is some side effects to stopping medication like that cold turkey. I kind of just realized how terrifying he probably was because he was so irrational. Mm hmm. Yeah. Ooh, like okay. just the, the diagnosis he had. Plus, not taking his medication and mm -hmm. coming off of his medication. Yeah, it was probably a very uh, stressful time to be around him. Oh, gosh. Okay. So he's naked in the woods. Got it. Desert. Yep. That's right. Right. <laughs> Nevada. <laughs> yeah. They, they have desert. <laughs> right, right, right. So eventually, police get called um, for an abandoned vehicle. Um, and... Within a couple yards of the abandoned vehicle, they find the dead cow and they find a pile of clothes. So <laughs> the police search are starting to search for a naked man. Oh, and I'm sorry. They didn't see the, uh, the dead cow. They just saw blood and organs. My bad. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So he kind of like killed the cow, brought some of the stuff closer to his car, and then left it all there. So they found organs, blood, and clothes. So to the cops, I mean, they don't know what type of blood right. or organs like that is. They're not veterinarians. They can't be like, oh, yeah, cow liver, you know? Sm <laughs> smells like a cow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they go look for Richard and they find him. He didn't get very far in hiding in the desert where it is flat and not a lot of things, places to hide. <laughs> I'm just picturing him standing like butt naked, like in the middle of nothing, like open space, just standing really still. <laughs> like yes. you can't see me. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh -huh. and, cover and he's covered in blood. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So police are like, what the fuck is going on? So mm -hmm. they take him in, clearly, and they impound his car, they take his guns, and they do tests on the blood, and they find that it's Cal's blood, and they let Richard go. Well, yeah, I mean, it's weird, but it's not illegal, <laughs> I guess. So, and I mean, yeah, I guess it would just fall into, like, the farmer if the farmer got pissed about his cow, and mm -hmm. that would be a civil case where he probably would want compensation for a cow so yeah so it's not illegal but it's just one of those like God, this is weird in contact with the police yeah mm -hmm. right <laughs> um on december 27th 1977 somehow richard got his car back um so it was impounded they had originally told him we're not giving you your car back and then someone said just kidding here you go <laughs> okay <laughs> I don't really know why they took it and then didn't give it back and then did. I don't know. <laughs> he probably just like paid the fee and they're like, oh, there you go. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But for someone like it, there was a point in the documentary where it was like they would not give him his car back even when they released him. I mean, it was probably the safe thing. Some cop somewhere was like, yeah, some guy was like, we need this guy not to yeah. be mobile. <laughs> probably safe. <laughs> and another and another cop was like, we can't keep his car. But cool. <laughs> So Richard decides that he wants to just drive around Sacramento. So he's back in California. He's got his car again, and he wants to just drive around. So he stops and buys a pistol, a uh, 22 caliber, and he drove around the streets of Sacramento. From his car, he saw a woman standing in her kitchen doing dishes. So she probably had one of those very lovely uh, windows mm -hmm. over the sink. And he decided he wanted to shoot Casual. her. Casual. Mm-hmm. 
just made the decision. So he shot at her and missed, luckily, and the bullet literally went through her hair (gasps) and lodged in a cabinet behind her. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that was his first attempt on harming a human, and it didn't work. But he was also, he stayed in his car, so it kind of was like a drive-by. Like, they, he shot into the house, and it didn't work, and he left. Did he get caught, or because uh, he was in his car, he was able to dip? He drove, yeah, he was able to dip. Okay. Two days later, on December 29th, 1977, Richard sees 51-year-old Ambrose Griffin bringing in groceries from his car. Again, still in the car, Richard shot him. He hit a, ble- a large vessel in his lungs, and, the- and Ambrose died 15 minutes later. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The police were called, and they thought it was a random drive-by. Now, they were able to link Ambrose with the woman doing dishes because it was the same caliber pistol. Um, they were within, you know, less than a mile of each other, and... They could see, based on bullet casings and stuff, that it was probably from the same gun. That's actually pretty good. Pretty good uh, police Mm -hmm. work in the 70s. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. When they were saying that, I was like, damn. Yeah, good for them. (laughs) That's, yeah. So they were able to link these two. But again, they just think it's someone doing a drive-by or, you know, I I was really, different times because one of the police officers in the documentary said, we thought maybe kids were messing around and had gotten someone's gun. Oh my gosh, casual, (laughs) casual teenage prank. Yeah, super laid back. (laughs) Well, and I won't even get on the subject of the fact that he was arrested and in, you know, extreme counseling for five months, but was able to just buy a freaking pistol. Anyway, we're not going to even address that <laughs> i didn't even think about that yeah that's really uh unfortunate <laughs> quite unfortunate mm-hmm. <laughs> so later it was found that richard this was something that excited him because it was written about in the newspaper for ambrose so mm-hmm. he this is when he started his collection of newspaper clippings for anything that he did mm, so he's a little bit of a narcissist too mm-hmm pretty into himself. Um, and, you know, a, a criminologist was on the documentary and she said that it was almost like he had no control, right? Like this impotence like derailed him. He had no control over what was happening to his body. And so he was looking for control, which isn't unheard of with, gen- you know, with people like this who end up being murderers. Mm-hmm. Right. Fair enough. I mean, again, not a not an excuse, but a reason. Yeah. So it's assumed that Richard, you know, was satisfied with what happened with Ambrose. So he was able to live on those memories for a little bit because he didn't do another attack until January 23rd, 1978. So from December 29th to the 23rd, you know, it's not a long time, but it's definitely he they think he lived off of those feelings for a little bit, which is gross. Very gross. So on January 23rd, 1978, Richard decided to ditch the car um, because it was too hard for him to murder someone and then decide if he was going to get out of the car or not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So he's on foot now, just walking the streets of Sacramento, and he broke into a home. He found a bunch of valuables and kind of lined them up like he was ready to take them. But the homeowners came home and startled Richard. Um, so he left the home and one of the homeowners tried to chase after him and 
he got away. So I guess I'm confused of his MO now because did he just break in with the intention of robbing the place? He didn't want to kill anyone. So I think Richard was confused as well. (laughs) Oh, fair enough. The only thing, so they found, the family found the pile of like valuables that he clearly was considering taking. But the only thing that was out of the norm is that he defecated in their baby's crib. Ew. So I don't think Richard knew what his plan was. It's almost like he was just seeing if he liked this as much as killing people through a window, you know, or killing people from his car. Yeah. Kind of trying, that's, I didn't even think about that, trying to find his niche. Ew. Yeah. So after being scared by the homeowners, Richard ran to a mall and kind of walked around and he saw a former high school friend of his named Nancy Holden. He talked to Nancy for a little bit and she kind of ended the conversation and, you know, wished him well, but realized that Richard was following her through the mall after she ended the conversation. But he wasn't trying to talk to her. He was just following her. Mm, Okay. So he followed her all the way out to her car and tried to force himself into her car. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Nancy is a badass and did not let that happen and stopped him, got in her car and drove off. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, including like looking at, you know, he's already shot someone like very good for Nancy. She trusted her gut and it probably saved her life. Mm-hmm. And way to be like aware of your your surroundings. You know, mm-hmm. if he wasn't talking to her, just kind of like being weird and following her, that's good for her to notice that. Yes. Yes, completely. So Richard's attempt to get into her car is foiled and he finds a hole in a fence in the fence from it's like the, there's a fence around the mall. There's a hole in it and it's leading into someone's backyard. Oh, my gosh. Okay. He goes through this hole, and so he sees 22-year-old Teresa Wallen taking out her trash. So she had opened the door to take out the trash, and it seems like she walked away because Richard was able to sneak into the home while she was getting the trash in the dumpster. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So he's in her home, and he shoots her three times. Oh. Yeah. It escalates. Yeah. So the first shot... Uh, forensics say go through her hand and up her arm and into her like shoulder chest area and that is a defensive wound so she put her hand up as he was shooting her the last two shots were point blank in the head oh my gosh okay so richard took Teresa's body into her bedroom and cut her belly open okay he stabbed her heart and removed her organs. Oh my gosh. Okay. And he used an empty yogurt cup to collect blood and drink it. Oh. He left through the back door and later in the day, her husband finds her. Police are called and they don't understand. They see a yogurt cup there and it's got like rings on the carpet of blood and they, they aren't putting two and two together. They don't know he's drinking blood. They don't know why there's a yogurt cup, but the rings are kind of like condensation from a glass. Mm, So it's kind of the same thing. The blood's dripping down the yogurt cup and leaving kind of those rings that you want to avoid on a coffee table. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think the saddest part, it's all sad, but the saddest part about Teresa is she was three months pregnant. Oh, Oh my gosh. And it 
was never said in the documentary if her and her husband knew before or oh. not. So I don't know how they were found how they found that out. And I think that is the worst part of this is because he slit her abdomen open, there was probably a fetus in there. They're very small at three months, but there was probably a fetus mm-hmm. that if maybe he knew what he was looking at, he would maybe recognize as a baby. Well, and I'm kind of speechless because I just, it's so horrific. Mm-hmm. I'm heartbroken. I can't imagine finding a loved one in that situation. Yeah. I, it's just terribly, it's terribly sad. Yeah. And, you know, whether they knew they were pregnant or not, he definitely found out um, after the autopsy. So Mm, how sad. So police are on that case. They they got there really fast. They're looking at the crime scene and it's just horrific. And they can't they don't know what's happening, clearly. And they don't know that he's drinking blood. They just know that someone is on the loose and is getting aggressive. Now, again, great police work in the 70s. The bullets, they linked to the other cases. Whoa. Seriously, whoever was in charge of this, like, deserves a freaking high five. Actively, the coolest case with police work in this timeline, because who would put together a shooting where a man was just shot in a drive-by and this, like, they were paying really close attention. And so really early on, the police are learning that they have... They have a serial killer mm-hmm. on on the loose. And learning that he's escalating really quickly. Mm-hmm. So on January 25th, two days later, 1978, a dog was found shot with the same caliber gun and same bullets. So again, something that seems so random, the police are looking at, out for these bullets. That's probably got to make their job. Like, that's great police work, but it probably mm-hmm. threw a wrench in their job. Because he's so inconsistent mm-hmm. with his victims. It's like he can't decide what he wants. Well, and they can't pinpoint yeah. it. You're exactly like they right. They can't, you know, foresee something happening or even try to stop it because mm-hmm. it's so random. Some of the police officers in the documentary talked <gasps> about that and how frustrating it was. Oh my gosh. You're I'm right. So smart. On. I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're so smart. <laughs> So what was sad about this one as well is that the dog was cut open through the abdomen and his kidneys were missing. What the hell is it? Oh, <gasps> his organs are going out. Remember? Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay. <laughs> so maybe some of the, the, the organs he's planning on doing things with. You're right. <laughs> or he's saying like, maybe if I drink this kidney, it will revive my kidney. Like, or eat maybe. this kidney, not drink. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Leslie. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) So two days after the dog incident, on January 27th, 1978, 36-year-old Evelyn Miroth, who shared a home with her six-year-old son, Jason, she was also that day babysitting her 22-month-old nephew, so almost two years old, David. Thanks for putting the age, because I don't understand why we... (laughs) Like measure babies' ages and months. Anyway, thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I never understood that. I don't either. So that's also why I like did the math and was like, that's almost two years old. <laughs> <laughs> so what had happened is a neighbor went over to Evelyn's house and asked if Jason would like to go play in the snow with her daughter. And because it was like freshly 
fallen snow or something or the California equivalent. I don't really know. <laughs> um, okay. And All right. yeah. so Evelyn wanted Jason to go play, but he didn't have any clothing um, for the snow. So her friend, Daniel, who was 52, was there. And Daniel offered to take Jason to go get new, um, like a new snowsuit and some new snow boots. So Daniel and Jason had left before Richard noticed Evelyn. Okay. So Richard found Evelyn in her house and David was there as well because he's almost two and he's just, you know, hanging out. Mm-hmm. And he was able to get into Evelyn's home because her door was unlocked. Instantly, Richard shot and killed Evelyn. David cried because of the noise and Richard shot David. Yeah. Okay. That's awful. He then got Evelyn naked and moved her to her bedroom. And this is the first time that he sodomized Evelyn. Um, So now necrophilia is on his list of things that he's trying. I... I um th- this is our first necrophilia case on the podcast. Wow. I don't I don't know how to react. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I again, uh I stumbled on this case cuz I knew nothing about it and the more I read, I was just I kept hollering to Craig like, "Oh, this one's really fucked up." <laughs> well, like I mean, it it's just so terrifying. He is again, are we blaming this on the fact that he is mentally unwell and unmedicated or do you know is he responsible for do we hold him responsible for behaving so horrifically you're asking a very good question (laughs) that um we get kind of an answer to later well yeah i mean i'm sure this is resolved obviously Mm -hmm. since we know who he is and know (laughs) know what he did and Mm -hmm. After the icky stuff, well, it's all icky, but after Mm -hmm. that, he does open her abdomen, remove some of her organs, and he attempted to remove one of her eyes. Oh. Unfortunately, at around this time, Daniel and Jason come back. Uh Uh-huh. And both were shot. Something that stuck out to one of the detectives in this case that he talked about in the documentary at the time, he had had a child that was around the same age as Jason, so six years old. Seeing a six-year-old shot is one thing to mess up any person mm-hmm. that sees it, but he said what really stuck with him was that Jason came home in his new snowsuit and boots. Oh. So it just looked so out of place to have new clothing that you could tell was new covered in blood. And he was probably so excited and like couldn't wait mm-hmm. to show his mom. And oh, yeah, he put it on gosh. before he got in the house. Oh, that's so sad. After Daniel and Jason are shot, I mean the the one thing is they both were shot uh, in places that was a quick um, death, not an agonizing one. Mm-hmm. But Richard went back to drinking Evelyn's blood. Oh, the. The picture I just got, like the mental picture is just, yeah. ugh, I can't imagine how yeah. terrifying that was. Yeah. So, you know, people are, are dead and he's, his main focus is still what he thinks his body needs to not be failing. Wow. Okay. 
something new in Richard's regimen is he took David's body from the home. So the 22-month-old <gasps> or two-year-old. He took David's body. Why? Well, I'm sure you're about to tell me, but oh my God, okay. <laughs> so Richard went back to his apartment, decapitated David. <gasps> oh my God. Drank David's blood. Oh my God. I'm, again, I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was something new. Clearly, like you were saying in this case, he doesn't have a plan. He mm-hmm. picks his victims based on who's convenient for him. He's doing different things every time he goes to someone's house. And now he's bringing a body home. I, I, I really am speechless. I mean, I know this is literally, it's a podcast, right? Like I'm supposed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even, I've, I, I, I don't know what else to say besides, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. It makes this me. This guy is really icky. Like really, really icky. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we kept saying that he was trying all these different techniques and trying all these different things because he was trying to see what he liked. But it really almost is like he thought he thought that he like needed to do this. Like, are we sure he even enjoyed it or if he just felt like, oh, like it's no different than us eating a bowl of cereal, you know, because we needed we need the nutrients. And unfortunately, that question is not ever answered. Okay. All right. So we never know if this is something he enjoys or not. Oh, actually, no, I take that back. <laughs> there was one thing. Um, I can answer that question. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, we know that Richard can't get it up. Mm-hmm. And because of his new attempt with necrophilia, he succeeds. Oh. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I had to watch the documentary, so I'm bringing you all into the knowledge that I have now in my head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's going to live there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm passing it on to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I don't want to be alone in this You're trauma. You're not alone. We all <laughs> fucking emotional damage. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So. We do know that I think it's a mix of both with what you're saying. I think that he had this need to drink blood and that he, you know, it's never said if he enjoyed it or not, but he felt he needed to for his Mm -hmm. body. However, clearly the killings, it is shown through his bodily anatomy that he enjoyed it. Well, and he obviously enjoyed it because he kept doing it. Yes. And it, you know, the criminologist on the documentary went on to say, this is probably why he could not do the things he wanted to do in high school because he was not harming the women he was with. And that is clearly something he needed to do. Oh my God. Okay. Mm -hmm. I hate that. I hate that sentence. I know. It's not good. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. It really is. Richard takes Daniel's car and takes David. That's how he gets back to his apartment. So he's not carrying a 22-month-old down the street. A neighbor calls the police because they look in the window and they see Daniel's body laying in the living room, which Richard moved to be seen in the living room. Oh, well, yeah, because remember, he saves the newspaper clips. He's probably obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And since they keep connecting him, he's probably using the same gun 
I don't know, maybe I'm giving him more credit than he deserves, but if he wants people to know it's the same person. Yeah. Well, and it's probably why he starts most of it out the same way Mm -hmm. after he starts attacking people in their homes. Mm. Okay. So police are called and they start looking for Daniel's car and David's body. Uh, Now, it is something said here. The police officer or the detective in the documentary said, we are always hopeful to find the person, but because we found bullet casings lodged into the crib and there was blood, we assumed we were looking for a body. Mm. How terrible. Okay. Which is, I mean, just horrible for the police. Yeah. Mentality-wise, like knowing that you're not saving someone, you're just getting retrieving their body for their family. (laughs) How terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Emotional damage. Like, (laughs) you're giving me lots to think about today, Amber. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, I stumbled on this case and I need to share it so that it's not just living in my head. (laughs) It's all right. I literally asked for it to be fucking crazy and you're giving it to me. So I know. I I feel like for the first time ever, I'm like really aggressively answering that call. (laughs) You are. You are. Welcome. I say I'm I'm a creep, but now you're the fucking creep today. So thank God. I am. (laughs) Maybe this will be the next step from the skinwalkers. (laughs) It's it's almost worse. Yeah. So something that did happen at Teresa's crime scene is there was a witness who saw Richard leave. So they had gotten with police and they had done a composite sketch. Well, hold on. Sorry. That's great, right? Great that they added the sketch Mm -hmm. and that there was a witness. Why the fuck don't you call someone? Why does it take someone else to see a body? Well, no, no. Uh, So this, they're they're happening simultaneously. Oh, okay, okay. So a, a, a neighbor in the area saw a weird man walking around Teresa's house area i see and police are talking to whoever is a witness so the witness is able to do a composite sketch i got it at the same time he's already attacking someone else and they don't know that this like they know these things are linked so they are assuming that the composite sketch will also work for this crime because they you know casings they've caught on very quickly that this guy is the person Mm -hmm. to repeat offender Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but no one knows who this guy is so we have a sketch but you know, no one knows who he is. However, you remember Nancy, our badass, who didn't let him get in the car with her, that she knew <gasps> him from high school. Yes. Her father-in-law was a police officer. Oh, my God. Yeah. In Sacramento. Uh-huh. I'm jumping again. I'm getting excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> she saw the composite sketch in his police cruiser one night when she was walking up to his house to go have dinner. Yes. And said, I know who that is. Yes. And get, told her father-in-law that it was Richard. Yes, she did. <laughs> so all of these cases kind of lining up together. And Nancy, once again, a fucking badass who identifies him. Good for her. And she told her father-in-law about how weird he was being. And they were able to figure out that the mall had a hole in the fence leading to Teresa's house. So she literally just solved this case. She's like, you're welcome. You can go home. Yeah. I just did your job for you. Where's my <laughs> yeah. raise? Yeah. Like, I need a badge right now. Hook it up. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The police now are like, fuck yeah. And Nancy noticed the sketch on January 28th. 
So literally the next day after the horrific things that happened in Evelyn's home. Mm -hmm. Okay. They were like finally able to start looking into Richard. So they found he had been in jail for being naked and drinking blood. And then all of a sudden, the aha moment, each crime scene had some vessel with rings around it, like condensation. One of the police officers put together, he's drinking the blood. Oh, can you imagine? Because he was arrested for drinking, you know, for being covered in cow's right. blood. Can you imagine that guy that like put two and two together and had to be like, this sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but he's drinking the blood. Like, oh my God. And in the documentary, the debt, the t- the detective went out of his way to say it was a police officer. So it was someone who was not on the same level as the some of the other people called into this. So it was literally someone looking at it with fresh eyes. Love a good street cop. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I bet that street cop was like, oh my God. <laughs> Horrible thing to figure out. Right. Like hopefully he got like at least like a freaking star on his uniform or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like a... Like- yeah, something. <laughs> a sticker. <laughs> They're starting to put it all together. They know Richard has been in a mental institution and he has schizophrenia. They know that he was supposed to be taking medication that he is most likely not taking. They know he was arrested and he admitted to drinking cow's blood because he was covered in blood. Like it is all starting to add up. Yeah. And there were two rifles that the police took from him in Nevada that were also 22 caliber. They were just rifles instead of pistols. Mm, so he's got like a preference. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He probably has little baby hands to go with his little baby dick and can't hold on to a bigger gun. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. (laughs) Again, I I don't believe in bullying, but I will bully the fuck out of a murderer any day. You bully a murderer. That is okay. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So they now know where Richard lives because that's all public record. And they find Daniel's car two miles from Richard's apartment. Oh my God, I'm getting hyped. Okay. <laughs> Police found out. So like I said, they found out about all of his arrests and they compared his the sketch to his mugshot from the Las Vegas um, as well. And it was, it was a match at the time mm-hmm. in Nevada. He did not have like a, a, a mustache or a goatee. And the mm-hmm. detective says he sketched it on to the composite and it was an identical person. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Sorry. No room for banter because I just want to (laughs) know. Yeah, we're getting real quiet now. (laughs) I'm just invested now. (laughs) So police go to his apartment and they're knocking on the door and Richard will not open the door. He's not being loud or letting them know that they're there. Okay. So police pretend to leave. And I think this is genius. And they pretty much knock on the door and say, okay, Richard, fine. We're going to go get a warrant. And they all leave. They didn't actually leave. They hid two police officers around the apartment and the detective went to go speak to the landlord to allow them to get in. Because, I mean, you don't need a warrant if you got all this evidence, like the warrant can come later. They don't need to search the house. They need to arrest the man. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably have like an arrest warrant, not necessarily a search mm-hmm. warrant, you know? Yeah. So... It, Richard believed the lie. Because he's stupid. Because he's stupid, yes. <laughs> and fled out the front door of his apartment. While there's two cops hiding around the corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who tackle uh-huh. him instantly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he's not holding David anymore, or at least not at the moment. No. They find Daniel's wallet 
on Richard with all of his identification and credit cards. Richard is also carrying the pistol, the twenty-two pistol that they have been looking for, in a shoulder sling. He makes it so easy. He literally did. <laughs> well, good. I mean, good for us. Good, you know, for the rest of us, but bad for Great him. for us. So police get him arrested. They are able to search his apartment, and it is icky. It is a very... Um, it reminded me of how they described Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had a feeling, mm-hmm. but yeah. So they find that he has probably been dissecting animals in his apartment. Um, they find rotten raw meat on the counters. Mm. Uh, what was interesting is the knives in the drawer are all new, clean, and well put away. So he's taking care of knives, but everything else in his apartment is disgusting. He's got organs in a blender. So you were correct when you were talking about the dog's kidneys, um, and you were correct when you said drinking instead of eating. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm psychic. (laughs) You are a genius. Unfortunately, it's icky. (laughs) I guess I, I don't think it's a good thing that I can guess what a fucking serial killer is about to do but (laughs) and then they also found that some of the organs were animals some of the organs were evelyn's so it was very uh every organ that he took from the crime scene they found in his apartment pretty much between evelyn and Teresa. he i can't imagine that he's very healthy if he's mixing all of these things together right like how do you not just like die (laughs) well and like when you get like a blood transfusion you have to be so careful about matching Mm -hmm. you know blood types it's not like he's running these tests on animals you know he's just ingesting all of this blood i just can't imagine he's very healthy no and i mean it's a testament to what your body can be put through before it shows any signs of not doing well too Ugh, that's yeah, yeah, it's still getting there. Um, brain matter was found in Richard's bed, and it was David's DNA. So he decapitated David in his bed. Um, uh, you can't see my face. I um, in his bed. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking worst case scenario here. I think. Do you know what I'm thinking? So that was never said. Okay. And I don't think so. <sighs> God, I fucking hope yeah. not. I think that, I don't know. I don't know what I think, but that was not brought up. So I don't think so. Okay. God, I freaking hope not. Yeah. But kind of also goes to show like just how like gross, like it, it's where you sleep. <laughs> well. And you're, you're doing this where you sleep, which is probably something for him later to be gross about. But as a normal person, ew. <laughs> well, so he just definitely enjoys it. I mean, we already know that yeah. because of what he did to Teresa's body. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gross. So Richard gets brought in for interviews and the detective on the documentary said it was the weirdest interview he had ever done. Richard was barely responsive his eyes were darting all over the room and it looked like he was looking through people. Mm, okay. He wouldn't admit to anything. He would not say that he murdered anyone. They would try to talk him through things and he would clam up when they would. They brought up the dog scenario 
and he asked kind of off the cuff, so am I being brought in because some dogs are being hurt? Okay. I mean, okay. He's not like really acknowledging that people are dead. Um, He's focused, he's hyper-focused on the dogs and he's thinking that he's get, he's asking if he's getting brought in because dogs were hurt. And then he said, Irish setters are the best dogs randomly after that. And the detective said, I didn't know if he was saying he didn't harm Irish setters because they were his favorite or they tasted the best. Oh, gross. Mm-hmm. Is it probably that he liked he liked those ones the best? I don't know. And, and it's never said what type of dog, you know, the one is that got shot. Now, quick question. Is he still on drugs right now? So that's something, too, that's not really brought up again. Like, it, it, he mm. started doing drugs in, like, high school to deal with his his sad pee-pee, and then he <laughs> is never talked about. So, I mean, probably, I would assume, like, but it's never talked about again. So I, I okay. that's a very, very good question, and I don't know. Okay. I just was curious if he was just, like, high as shit, and that's why he was, like, darting around and, but again, mixing all these different blood and... Mm-hmm organs he's probably hallucinating and just being schizophrenic oh true true and not on your medication and Mm -hmm. taking medication for five months and then cutting it off cold turkey like it's probably a mixture of everything because remind me how long does this is like in a short span right it's not like this happens like over Mm -hmm. a year no this is from december 27th to end of january oh my gosh yeah this is all like within a month Oof. So yeah, then his body probably is just going through it. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, he's not he's not well and it it can't be good to be eating and drinking random organs and blood from different animals and things like that. And clearly, like he's doing things like he's letting things sit out. He's eating raw meat like he's not well. Yeah, he's not well. (laughs) No, not at all. I mean, because there's that um, there's a tribe somewhere and it's like a private like little island and they're cannibals and like they go crazy from eating people's brains and they get really, really sick from eating people's brains. So I would assume like prolonged cannibalism, which Mm -hmm. is what this is, right, is not good for your body or your brain. No, you probably get like a mad cow type situation, but obviously kind of like you're you're neurologically just like losing your shit slowly and slowly. Yeah, I I think that is 100 percent correct. Mm, Cool. (laughs) (laughs) So detectives are not getting very far with the interview, but all the evidence they have is what they need. They don't really need him. Because they have the gun that was at all these things. They have the organs, all of that stuff. What they don't have is David's body. They cannot find it. Okay. I was, yeah, I was worried about that. Addressing this point. Uh Mm Uh-huh. They do eventually find David's body. So all of this is happening in January of 1978. They find David's body on (gasps) March 24th of 1978. Okay. David's body was found in a box thrown in a kind of more like wooded area next to a church and a janitor oh, found my it. Gosh. Hate to be the one that finds the body. Yes. After two months of decomposition and he's decapitated. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. I forgot mm-hmm. about that part. And he's a infant. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah, God. Almost two. Ugh, this poor person. Poor janitor. Poor David. 
So they finally have David's body and they're able to, I mean, Richard was not hiding much. So they're able pretty quickly to prove like, you know, it's David and that Richard's, you know, handprints and stuff, they're all linked. I mean, I guess it's good that he wasn't smart enough to cover it. Or maybe he just didn't have the desire. He didn't care if he was caught. So that's the question. That's a really that's really good. It's leading us into the the um, trial. That's a really good question. Okay. So January second of nineteen seventy nine. That is how long it takes. Like almost wow. an entire year for them to get their evidence together and get a jury rolling. He's up for six counts of murder, mm-hmm. but his lawyer is claiming mental illness. Of course. So here's the thing: the DA of Sacramento or whatever county uh, this ended up being in was like, fuck that. We're going to prove that this, it might not have been premeditated, but he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So there are some things through all these cases that I didn't point out that the DA found. Richard wore gloves when he did these home invasions. Oh, okay. Richard never brought a knife to the home invasions. Richard took knives from the homes, which shows that, yes, they were not premeditated, But Richard would clean the knives and put them back where he found them after he was done. Almost like a trophy type kind of weird situation. But he would leave them. Oh. Oh. At the houses. Hey, but that's his MO. You know, that's his like call Mm -hmm. sign. What that does too is it shows police that he was trying to cover up what he did by wearing gloves and by cleaning the weapon. Mm -hmm. Like he was aware enough. It's not like he just left them in this huge mess. Like he was aware Mm -hmm. of what was going on. Yeah. Okay. So that's what the DA was determined to prove. Richard knew what he was doing, and they were not going to let him claim insanity because of these steps that he took. Good for them. I think, too, being in Mm -hmm. 77 may have helped their cause. I believe in mental health, obviously, and I believe that Mm -hmm. claiming insanity is definitely a thing in some situations. But I'm glad that in the 70s, it was more of like a fucking cheer up, like get over it, you know, so they weren't accepting those types of diagnoses or those type of uh, answers or results. And I think Richard's case is unique. I think it's both. I think that there is like there are levels of insanity there. He's not taking his medication. He's not well. He's been diagnosed with schizophrenia, but also he is functioning and fun functioning enough as an adult that there are certain things that show that he knows what he is doing. He is not in some comatose state. Right. Doing right. these. Well, and like you said, I mean, he had the he was smart enough to clean the knives to at least make it look like he didn't use it, you know. It's yeah. all all intentional. All those things are intentionally done. Well, and he clearly wanted to continue to do this. And by cleaning mm-hmm. the knives and wearing gloves, it extended his time and what he could do. Gross. Yep. May 8th, 1979. So almost like a year and a half after mm-hmm. he gets caught, Richard is found guilty of first degree murder. Okay. And it's the 70s. So he is sentenced to death by gas chamber. Oh, even in California, mm-hmm. huh? Uh-huh. Yep, in the 70s, California was a little less, you know, what they are now. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I We've talked about it before. I think for me, like, the death penalty, like, in a case like this, fuck yeah. You know, I think it's a, it's a case-to-case thing for me. Yeah. I mean, I it's funny you say that. I was just thinking, like, I don't believe in the death penalty, but mm-hmm. if I were alive at that point and I was living in that area... 
I would feel a hell of a lot safer knowing that he was dead. Yeah. Well, and just thinking of an almost two-year-old, that's, that's what it is. An almost two-year-old and a six-year-old is what it is for me. And the criminologist that was on the documentary pointed out how scary Richard really was because there's an MO for all serial killers. Most of the time, if a child is killed, they are not killed in the same way that a parent is. Oh, that's interesting. If you look at serial killers, children, you know, it's depending on what the focus is, you know, like, um, uh, what was his BDK? Mm-hmm. Is it BDK? Um, no. BTK. BTK. Yeah. I was going to say torture that. kill. Yeah. So BTK would break into homes and tie up families and his MO was different for children than it was for adults. Okay. That's interesting. I don't think I made those connections ever before. I didn't either. The criminologist, that's why she's a criminologist. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's why she gets paid the big bucks. But most killers don't kill children and adults in the same way. So the fact that Richard did shows that they were not people anymore. They were not children anymore. They were his goal of drinking their blood and eating their organs was more important to him than acknowledging anything. So he's also like a narcissist, like you said in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, again, I think proves that he definitely was sane. He definitely, again, was intentional in all of this. Completely. You are, yeah, I agree. Stuff like that, it's he obviously had an end goal and his end goal for him in his head, whether that is sane or not, thinking that your organs are failing, that could fall on the insanity line. Mm -hmm. But actively reaching this goal of focusing on yourself and drinking blood and eating organs and not paying attention to who it is that you're harming or what you're doing shows that he actively cared about his goal more than he did about anything else. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now we're not done with Richard. Of course. Of course. So he's sentenced to death by gas chamber, and the criminologist again pointed out that all of Richard's life, it seems that all he wanted was control. He wanted control of his body, he wanted control of his mind, and he wanted to control people and things around him. He's not going to let the state tell him how he's going to die. Oh my God. While he was in uh, police care, he was put back on his tranquilizers that he should have been taking the entire time. He hoarded them. And did not take them and OD'd on his medication days before he was supposed to die in the gas chamber. Oh, my God. So to me, that proves that he was totally totally fucking sane. You are able to decide that you do not want to you want to take your own life, have control over that. And you know how my jaw is open. I'm literally just staring at the wavelength <laughs> on Audacity with my mouth wide the fuck open. Because you're right, it's such a control thing, which is, so, mm-hmm. the, I think, goes to show how, like you said, how scary he is. That just plays into it. Well, and it just goes to show that this all started because he could not control his body into doing what he wanted to do when he was in high school. Wow. If the dude could have gotten hard, who knows? I mean, he's still a sociopath. He was still killing animals before that. But who knows what his acts would have been. They're still horrible, but who knows what could have happened 
he could have started hurting people at a much younger age and he could have been hurting his girlfriends and all of that. And it's just, it's crazy to know that his life could have taken two different paths based on biology and both paths paths would have probably been horrible. God. Wow. Uh, Wow. I really am speechless. (laughs) I really don't know what to say. (laughs) And this is all based on a Google because I was like, I wonder if there are any people who are considered vampires. (laughs) He's definitely a fucking vampire. Part of the Volturi for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I, yeah, he's just a piece of shit. And I mean, it makes you feel better that he's not on the planet anymore, but I mean, and I don't know, there's the thing too, a lot of people were very irritated and upset that he took his own life. And in my opinion, like, it doesn't matter how it gets done. I mean, technically, it probably saved sacramento like a little bit of money in tax (laughs) yeah by not having to put him in a gas chamber but i mean i can see people being mad because of course people are mad about it but like you said Mm -hmm. i for me the worst part about him taking his own life is just the psycho like the psychology behind it Mm -hmm. of him needing to be controlling a situation that's what's fucking scary that's the only thing that i get emotion out of it yeah well, and two, like, it, it's, I think it's a final fuck you to the victim's mm-hmm. families for not getting a closure that they were promised in court. Mm, yeah, that's true. A bad person is dead. It's all that matters. Right. At the end of the day. Yeah, you're right. I just, you're right. Uh, it's sad thinking about David's mom, you know, because it, mm-hmm. Teresa wasn't David's mother. Evelyn, yeah. Uh, yes i'm sorry excuse me um evelyn wasn't david's mother so he his his family not only lost uh, their son in a horrific Mm -hmm. and traumatic way but they also lost a sister and and a nephew just and a nephew in just an equally terrible way yeah oh my gosh yeah no this guy like in a month this guy ruined so many lives like can you imagine Teresa's husband David coming home no no I can't like literally just just caused just massive wakes of trauma mm-hmm. I mean for people in just oh my gosh all because he would not take his medication that he was prescribed and he believed something was wrong with his body even though tons of medical professionals tried to get that thought out of his head Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. So that's Richard. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. There's Richard. Yeah. <laughs> he really lives up to the whole, you know, Dick being his name and all. And unfortunately, his Dick did not hold up to what it, he felt it should have. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We'll always. Uh... I don't know where I was going with that burn. <laughs> well, no, it's a burn all on its own. Don't worry. We'll always take the opportunity to talk about little dick energy yeah. from killers. So, yeah, it's only 1013, but your girl wants a shot. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I'm giving you all the reasons to day drink. If anyone listens to this on a weekend, I know we're posting them on Thursday, but listen to it again on like a Saturday and you've got a reason to go. Day there drinking. you go. <laughs> As if you needed one. As if the world isn't yeah. fucked up on its own. but now you know we just give you a a real good reason (laughs) just one more (laughs) oh Oh, man oh my gosh that's that's that (laughs) well i'm 
really glad I passed that information <laughs> along so I'm not suffering alone. <laughs> and great job too. I'm sure that was like also exhausting, like emotionally exhausting reading all of that oh, and yeah. watching documentaries about it. So good for you. Thanks. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you. I know. I, I honestly, I think one of the great things about this podcast is now I don't read and watch these things. Like we still talked about it and that's why we started this because we were like, we should just record ourselves talking about these mm -hmm. cases. But I think my husband super appreciates it. Because <laughs> so, he's not being <laughs> Because <told. laughs> I used to, yeah, I used to sit down and just tell him and he would, and he is not someone <laughs> who goes out of his way. Like he likes true crime every now and mm -hmm. then. He likes some of those shows, but not like us. <laughs> not, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. not at our level. So he's probably like, thank God she has a group of people who will listen to her talk about this shit so I don't have to. <laughs> Counted his blessings that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I think last night I literally walked out and went, this one's really fucked up. And that's all wow. I said. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Well, thank you for telling me. Like I said, I had heard of, I've had, I think I had heard of, um, you know, the Sacramento vampire, but I sure as shit didn't know that. So <laughs> <laughs> you just knew there was one lurking about. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Holy shit. You're so welcome. All right, Leslie, now time for your clue. Time for my clue. Sorry, I've got to pull it up. Amber, the Bible has a lot to say about witchcraft. Yeah. There's <laughs> your clue. That's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Bible has a lot to say about witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at us go. We're like doing a vampire, a witch, something or other. Say, we're having lots of fun. Yeah, werewolves next month. Like, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Is Jacob going to be involved? Yeah, it's Halloween and... <laughs> exactly. It's Halloween in March, man. Halloween every day. <laughs> we, we have to do a, a little bit of a humble brag here, but Leslie's post for last episode reached... 1400 people on facebook like we both were so excited yes. oh my god yeah and i looked back the last post we did only reached 200 <laughs> oh my god that's so good though that we like went up look at us go oh my gosh i think facebook told us we went up like 300 percent. so thank you to everybody who's checking out all of our social media and we appreciate that you even just look at it you don't have to really do anything else because that counts. If you click on one of the pictures, it's engagement. But I mean, if you wanted to share it, you know, we <laughs> wouldn't we wouldn't say no to that either. Yeah, we would love conversation and, you know, communicating. That's also fun for us. Yeah. So you know what to do. Sh like, share, mm -hmm. you know, that's how we get across. And let's maybe next week we'll continue to grow and yeah that's that's all that's all that we could ask for so yes please so keep doing what you guys are doing explorers because it's fucking awesome <laughs> awesome <laughs> all righty friends well we will see you next time bye we'll see you then bye